Good afternoon, good evening, good morning to those tuning in to the show right now. I'm your host, Tavares Wilson, with Last Word Productions. I am Last Word Productions, as you all know. I always get the last word. Now, let's get right into it now. First and foremost, let me say this, guys. I know I've been kind of MIA the past week or two because I actually did have COVID. Honestly, to be real with y'all, it kind of beat me. Like, it was bad. I was congested. I still am kind of congested, but it's not as nearly as bad when I first got it. Headaches. I'm talking about body aches. It was bad, man. But pretty much, though, I'm back to 80, 85%. So I'm good. Now I'm about to be back recording. I should be 100% in a week or so or a couple of days even. So let's jump back right into it, man. So we're going to start off with some NFL news because we all know we just had the Hall of Fame preseason game not too long ago. And I actually enjoyed the game. I mean, I know we didn't get to see Trevor Lawrence. I know we didn't get to see Travis Etienne. I know we didn't see James Robinson, none of these guys for the Jaguars or Derek Carr and Devontae Adams for the, <clears throat> excuse me, for the Raiders. You know, we want to see Chandler Jones. We want to see Max Cars. We want to see all these guys. But at the end of the day, it was just good for me to see football again, man. I've got to be honest with y'all. I was thrilled to know that there will never come another week in the next couple of weeks that there won't be football on. Like, I, I am thrilled to know that. And then when I looked at some of these um, – Younger players that was on the field for some of these teams, I actually was impressed by a couple of them. And one guy that comes to mind in particular, if I had to say so myself, is number one the receiver. For, <clears throat> excuse me, number one the receiver for the Raiders, Tyron Johnson, the rookie. He actually came from out of Oklahoma State, and he was, if I'm not mistaken, he was drafted this year. Now, yeah, he is a rookie, so. Wait, is he a rookie? I'm, I'm not sure, guys, but I know he's young. He's only 26 years old, so he's not a guy that's, well, 26, he's not a rookie, but he's a young guy. He's someone that they want to implement in their offense. He want They want to become that new deep threat that, that they are not missing after losing Deshaun Jackson, that we all know, Henry Ruggs. You know, they got Hunter Renfro there to eat up the yardage. They got <clears throat> Byron Edwards, the bigger body receiver who's going to help out. They got Darren Waller, the rock star caliber tight end. You know, so they got guys there that they believe in to make plays. They even went out and got Matt Collins and we can't forget about Devontae Adams guys. I mean they got a they got a good receiving unit in terms as a whole. They actually don't have Byron Edwards anymore in eighty nine, so that's my apologies. But they got a good receiver unit, man. When you put these guys all together as a collective whole, Darren Waller, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Ike throwing Tyron Johnson into that mix, this is a unit that is, from a talent perspective, is one of the best in the league, if, if we're being honest. I mean, this is a team that has a chance to still be competitive in a very good division. So it was, to me, in my personal opinion, it was honestly good to see them actually still have some kind of, you know, oomph about them. I thought, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I thought Josh Jacobs looked real good running the ball. He looked crisp. I, he looked like he's playing for that second contract. Um, Hopefully he gets it sooner than rather than later because, as we all know, running backs' careers don't last as long as others. But he 
looked pretty good, but who also looked good for them, and a guy who they have a lot of hope in is Amir White, the running back out of Georgia. He actually looked really good. He ran with a lot of power, a lot of force. He was quick, decisive, and in and out his breaks. I thought he looked good. I was impressed. I mean, I know he went out there. He played against the Jaguars team, a Jaguars unit that necessarily wasn't playing any starters. And even if they were playing any starters, the Jaguars isn't necessarily the cream of the crop, the cream of the cream of the league. So you take some things with a grain of salt, but as for a first game for him, I was impressed. I, I got to say, nonetheless, I was impressed. So with that being said, on to the other side, we're seeing Kevin chase on, you know, the past, this past year, first overall pick. To me, in my personal opinion, oh no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Kevin Long Chase on. It was, I believe it was Trayvon Walker, if I'm not mistaken. Y'all guys, forgive me. My, <laughs> like I said, man, I've been down for the last couple of days now, but nonetheless, Trayvon Walker, that's what I meant to talk about. He, Picked up a sack in his very first preseason game ever. And I thought all night, he was pretty much under wraps. Like, he wasn't, like, disrupting things to a significant, you know, point. He was doing something that I like to call it. He set the edge. And it was still impressive to me. I want to see him be a little bit more of a pass rusher because... At the end of the day, in this league, you have to be able to rush the passer. If you're a DN or you're an outside linebacker who's rushing consistently, you got to be able to get after the ball. You just have to. And so it was a good thing for me and a good sign for the Jags that he got a sack in this game and he had some other pressures. I thought he looked good in his first debut. Nothing to, you know, write home about. Nothing to just scream to the hills about. But I thought he looked solid. Now, with that being said, <clears throat> excuse me. We get off into some NFL training camp news. Now, from what I've heard or from what I've read, I'm a, of course, I'm going to start with the Dolphins, as you all know. I mean, I'm a Dolphin fan. From what, what I've heard and read from the NFL training camp, essentially, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, that dynamic duo looks good. Tua is lighting the world on fire. And from, based off of what I've heard and seen from both sides of the ball and coaches, etc., is that both sides of the ball are competing at an extremely high level and they're both getting out there each and every day, which is what you want to hear. You want to hear that one side wins one or two reps, then the next side wins a rep or two after that. Then, you know, it's a constant battle, you know, iron sharpening iron, you know, making each other better type deal. So I like to hear that. And in other news, the Jets... Zach Wilson still seems to be struggling in training camp. He, I believe it was last week, if not this past week. It was the week before last or this past week. He had a horrendous day where he threw about two interceptions on practice. Jalen Hurts had a similar practice as well not too long ago. And what, what makes it even better for people in their division is that these are things that shows you that these guys are still young and they're learning so you have to be able to take advantage of that now because what these teams are doing the Eagles and the Jets specifically they're building 
around these young quarterbacks. So when they do actually figure it out, and if they do, it's going to be scary because they already have the unit around them. I mean, you look at the Eagles. You go get A.J. Brown for a reason. You win and draft Devontae Smith first round for a reason. Miles Sanders is still there. I know he's, I know he's not looking at a starter right now, but you can't dismiss the playmaker Miles Sanders is. You can't dismiss the fact that, <coughs> excuse me, they still have Brent Sillett at tight end. You can't dismiss any of that. You can't dismiss the fact that they went and got, they went and got um, a man from the Giants, James Bradbury, in the corner. You, I mean, I'm not saying he's a lockdown corner, but at the end of the day, he's one of the better starters in our league. There's no, there's no denying that. At the end of the day, we can't deny that. So, in my personal opinion, the Eagles, they just got to ride the course with Jalen Hurts because I do believe he will be a good quarterback. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I don't doubt that for a second. And the Jets, I don't know because Dallas, like I said, Dallas got it. I think I said Brent Seller got first. Man, I miss it right now. But Dallas Goddard for the Eagles is a really good tight end. But for the Jets, outside of Elijah Moore, they, they would have got my, my guy Sauce Gardner. I, I love Sauce Gardner, man. Outside of Elijah Moore, they did. They, they, they had a pretty good draft. Let me say this. Because last year, outside of Elijah Moore, I didn't really like anything they had. But, man, they... Tevin Coleman was in and out of the roster, but they went and got Bryce Hall, who, in my personal opinion, I thought was the best running back in this draft. They went and got Sauce Gardner, who I thought arguably was the best player in this draft. Then on top of that, <clears throat> you already had Corey Davis, who I think is a solid number two. And then you go out and get Garrett Wilson. I mean, this, this is a team, again, like I said for the Eagles, this is a team that is setting up their young quarterback to succeed right away. So if they figure it out, they have a chance. That's that's what I'm saying. And it's on them to figure it out. But in other news, George Pickens was absolutely slaughtering the the Pittsburgh still secondary. I mean, it, I believe it was four straight plays. He caught a pass. And he went actually after the series, he actually went to the sideline and was trash talking to DBs about how basically he was roasting them. And as a Steelers fan, that has to be kind of bittersweet because it's like you love to hear that your rookie receiver is out there dominating, but you don't like to hear the fact that he's dominated against your guys. Like, who is to say another rookie can't come in and do the same thing? So it's like it's, it's a bittersweet moment for Steelers fans, I can only imagine. And as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, as far as other news go, Trayvon Diggs has not been playing exceptionally well this training camp. He hasn't had a good stretches of practices of late. I've seen the footage. I've seen him getting killed by CeeDee Lamb. I've seen him getting killed by the rookie receiver they drafted. It's It hasn't been pretty for Trayvon. It's Trayvon Diggs. Let's just say that. And the thing that bothers me the most is that I think he is a bit sensitive because after all of that started to like go around and you know go viral and work his way through the algorithm of social media online and stuff like that, he actually deleted his Twitter, and that is something that, <clears throat> to me, in my personal opinion, 
could be one of two things. It could be good because he wants to cast out the noise, actually just put his head down and work. Or it could be he's so much bothered about what other people think, it could actually impact the way he plays. And that isn't always a good thing. You you have to be neutral, man, especially as a corner. You're going to lose some matchups. You're going to get beat on a matchup. It's, it's going to happen. It's, it's just going to any corner who's ever played at any high of a level would say that. They would say that. Any corner that's ever played at any level would say that. You could be in Little League football, optimist. You could be in middle school, high school, college, doesn't matter. There will come a rep, a time, and a game where you will lose a matchup. It just will happen. That's just how it works. And hopefully, man, he can bounce back because right now, like I said, it hasn't looked good for him. It hasn't. But as we look forward to another week of football, we got Thursday Night Football this Thursday. We got the Giants and the Patriots, and then we got the Titans and the Ravens. Now, I actually want to see this Titans and Ravens preseason game because of one reason. I want to see Malik Willis play. I, I seen him throw the 50-yard bomb in practice. I seen him going through the drills. He's got a cannon. He's athletic. I want to see him play with live bullets. I want to see him go out there, put together one, maybe even two touchdown drives. Or he even got to put together one or two touchdown drives. I want to see him put together at least one or two scoring drives. If, if I can see that out of him, that's a step in the right direction. And... Truth be told, that's all I really want to see out of these two games this coming Thursday. Then we got some Friday games lined up. We got the Falcons. We got the Falcons going to Detroit. We got the Browns going to the Jags. We got the Jets going to the Eagles. Then we got the Cardinals going to the Bengals. Then we got the Packers going to the Niners. Now, if I had to pick any of these games to pique my interest to watch, at all it might be Atlanta and Detroit because I honestly my personal opinion I believe Detroit is a sleeper this season to make the playoffs I know a lot of people were like oh Detroit the playoffs what are you saying right now I know that sounds like Spanish to a lot of you all but hear me out Detroit went out and got one of the better receivers in this draft, maybe the best receiver in this draft, if we're being honest, is James Williams. And Jameson Williams. Right? They already had a Monroe St. Brown. You already had TJ Hawkinson that received, I mean tight end, excuse me. You already have one of the better offensive lines in the league. I mean, you drafted Pene last year, who was projected to be the first overall pick, but failed to you. Let's remember that. You already had Taylor Decker, who was one of the better tackles in the league. You already got Frank Ragnew when you signed him from the Denver Broncos last season. So you got three all-pro caliber linemen on one side. That's first. Excuse me if you hit a dog in the background. Then you got DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams running behind that, who I believe is one of the underrated running back tenors in this league. And then... You add on to the two receivers I just named, and then you throw DJ Chark in that mix. I'm sorry. This All Jared Goff has to be is what he was with the Rams. That's all he has to be. 
And he can do that because they have a similar personnel around him. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm not saying Jared Goff is going to play like an MVP. I'm not saying that. Because I believe, I'm under the pressure, regardless of how good Jared Goff looks, I think the Lions move on. I don't, I don't think he's, going, he's their definite starter for the next eight years. I don't think that at all. I believe if he's good enough, though, this is a 9-10 win team. I truly wholeheartedly believe that. Their offense, to me, looks good. They, to me, their secondary is better than what he's given credit for. Jeff Okuda's coming back next year healthy. They, the way they talk about him, how he's been looking at practice, has been breathtaking, honestly. They had a guy who really broke out last season in the money. Excuse me, I missed Butcher's name. Amani Oyuri. Excuse me, man, but I'm, I'm going to just say Amani O. So Amani O. Then you got guys like... <clears throat> Then you got guys like Jared Davis at linebacker who who hasn't exactly panned out to be what you wanted him to be, but he still is a very solid linebacker. He's solid. He gets the job done. He's coachable. So you look at all those things and you put it in perspective. You're like, maybe the Lions really can do something. Like, maybe there's a chance there. But we'll just have to see once the season starts. And again, excuse me if y'all hear the dog in the background. But... Outside of that, those that is my sleeper for the NFC. I think the Giants, not the Giants, the Lions can really make the playoffs. And mm, no other games really interest me. Of course, the Dolphins and the Buccaneers. I want to see how two of them look going out there. I don't know how many series they'll play. They'll probably play one, maybe two. I just want to see them put together one scoring. I'm talking about a touchdown drive. I want to see one put together a touchdown drive. Outside of that, I'm not really interested in the other game. I mean, I might be interested in the Broncos and Cowboys, but I'm not sure if Russell Wilson will play in that or not. But we shall see. But anyway... Let's get off into the NBA news because there isn't much more to talk about on the NFL side of things. So NBA news, if you all haven't known by now, KD and the Nets are at odds. They're not exactly in the best of shapes right now in terms of a player and his front office relationship. So essentially, Kevin Durant gave the Nets an ultimatum, right? It was it's either you all trade me or you fire the coach, which is Steve Nash, as who Kevin Durant vouched for, that's another story for another day, and the GM. I believe the GM name is Sean Marks, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that. But he wants those two gone if he's going to stay. If they're not going, he wants to be moved. And the owner of the Nets actually came out and vouched for both GM and coach, saying no. Essentially saying they're not going anywhere. We love these guys. We hired them because we trusted them to get the job done. So we want to see that through, basically. Basically, telling KD, no, you chose this. You wanted Steve Nash. We feel as if he's done a good job thus far. He's been given the short end of the stick at times. I mean, he's had to deal with Kyrie Irving being a part-time player, basically. James Harden and Kyrie Irving not essentially liking each other. 
Ben Simmons not wanting to play for whatever the case may be. And a roster that has literally been flipped upside down each season since he's gotten there. So there's no continuity or consistency for the coach. And it's hard to say a coach has to succeed when you're giving him such lackadaisical rosters in terms of the consistency of the roster. Like, you can put together a good team based on paper. That's not hard to do. But building chemistry, making a consistent starting five, putting together those one or two guys who are going to come in and contribute every single night, that takes time to gel, mesh together, and actually learn who those guys will be. And that sounds easy to do. I know it sounds easy to do, but at the end of the day, there's a reason why guys like KD, guys like LeBron, guys like Giannis, etc., still need other good players around them. Because at the end of the day, you have to learn how to make it work with the people around you, first and foremost, before you can even could compete for a title or even win a, um, a NBA playoff run. Before you win the series, you got to learn how to gel and play with those around you because if you don't, it's going to be that much harder. And that's the next C now. It's KDC's now. Kyrie Irving probably as well. It's hard. Now, with that being said, I don't think the Nets move off KD. I, I highly doubt they do. I mean, especially with that asking price. They, I, I can't recall who. It was the Celtics, actually. Yep. The Celtics, I believe they offered Jalen Brown. I believe it was Jalen Brown, Derek White, two picks or something like that. The Nets wanted, I believe, two other players. One of them included Marcus Smart and, like, two other picks or something like that. The Nets asking price is just too damn high. No one is no one is about to give him that. Not even for Kevin Durant. They're not. They're not. He's aging. He's been hurt every season since he's got back from it. Tony Keeley. He's there. They're not about to give him that. Regardless of how talented and how great he is, they're not about to give you a total of 10 players for KD. A guy who's been hurt every single season for the past three years now. They're not, they're not doing that. They're just not. And the Nets are pretty much showing that they don't want to move on from him with their asking price and as far as them not wanting to fire Steve Nash and the GM. So, it's up to KD now at this point. I mean, it's not really up to him, but, I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to come to anything if he doesn't want to. I mean, at the end of the day, we all got to work. He has a job. He has a career, but can't force a man to do something he don't want to do. But we're going to see how that plays out. But with that being said, other NBA news out here. Y'all got to get this, man. So, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and Obi Toppin, you, as we all know, they all three players for the New York Knicks. They actually went out and played in a program game, and they lost. Yeah, they three NBA players lost in program against me and you, our auntie, our uncle, and our little cousin who came from out of town. They lost to us by 13 points. Listen, I know it's a street game. I know it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. I know it does not 
count towards their season record or whatever the case may be. It is a joke. A joke. To not only lose to amateur basketball players as a professional who is making over $100 million in, you know, Jalen Brunson's case, but to get beat pretty bad. I mean, 13 points, that's a double-digit loss. That's a pretty bad loss. That's 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 alarming. If, I, if I'm a New York Knicks fan and I read that and I see that, I'm I'm a little worried because it's like, bro, if you can't go out here and y'all can't even lose a close or competitive game to everyday hoopers, like the guys we see on the streets, how in the world are we expecting y'all to compete for anything this next coming season when all these teams have gotten better? Mavs got better. We got Christian Wood. Hawks got better. Deontay Murray. <clears throat> Excuse me. Clippers got better. We got John Wall. I mean, look at the Timberwolves. Rudy Gobert. How are we expecting you all to compete against these, these teams and you can't even compete against the guy who worked down the street at the corner store? I mean, all I'm saying is this, man. Somebody got to explain to me what the hell going on with New York sports. That's all I'm saying. Because right now, New York sports is going through it. They, they just going through it. And with that being said, in other news, I just feel as if there's one thing left to speak about in terms of New York sports in general. And I want I actually want someone to answer this for me. All right, so if y'all listening, comment this for me. What is going to happen in New York, man? Like what what who's going to be the savior of New York? Like who who's going to do it? Is it gonna be the Giants with Daniel Jones? Is it gonna be the Jets with Zach Wilson? Is it gonna be the Knicks? With R.J. Barrett, with the Maple Mamba, is it going to be the Nets? KD, is he going to forgive them and bring the city a championship? Who's going to do it, bro? That's all I want to know at this point. Because at this point, I feel sorry for New York fans altogether. I, I just don't know what to say anymore for them. But with that being said, guys, we're going to get into the fan Q&A. Let me go ahead and pull this up. This is a little bit older, so it's going to take me a while. Let me... Scroll to it real quick. And by the way, guys, if you want to ask me questions, always, 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 always remember I post my Q&A post every Monday on Facebook and YouTube. If you want to ask me a question, go there, comment. I promise you, you're hearing on this show. So we only got one question this week. So this this question comes from Nar Martinez. He says, will Tariq Hill be able to thrive in the Miami Dolphins offense or will he fall off? First and foremost, <clears throat> excuse me. First and foremost, I don't think he's going to fall off in any way, shape, or form. His numbers may diminish a bit because there's so much talent around him now. I mean, that's not to say there wasn't a lot of talent in Kansas City because there was but outside of Travis Kelsey and Mahomes there wasn't star superstar level talent around him now he has Pro Bowl potentially star level talent around him 
I think Mike Zicky's a Pro Bowl talent. I really do. I think Jalen Waddle is a star level talent. I think Raheem Mostert is a Pro Bowl borderline edging star level talent. I mean, he he's hurt too much to say he is a star level talent, but he could definitely be a Pro Bowl if he stays healthy. Chase Edmonds, I think, is a Pro Bowl talent. So he's going to have to take a lot of share, have a lot of sharing to do this upcoming season. So his numbers may this this diminish just a tad, but I don't expect him to look bad in this offense at all. In fact, I expect him to look fantastic in it because they're implementing him to be their guy, to be their Debo Sammy. By all reports and from what I've seen from practice personally, he's going to be that. He's going to be in constant motion. He's going to be moving with the ball, without the ball. Like, he's going to be that. And for me personally, I think that's just going to help his numbers. But I could be wrong about that. But thank you all for tuning in to the show once again. Last Word Productions. Y'all be sure to like, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Again, that's Last Word Productions. I'm on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Radio and TuneIn, SoundCloud, wherever you can find a podcast, Google, I am there. Trust me. Thank y'all. See y'all in the next one.